This is the Cheyenne Roundup, a weekly look inside the general session of the 67th Wyoming Legislature from Wyoming Public Media and WyoFile. I'm Camila Kadalska, Wyoming Public Media's Interim News Director. I'm Jeff Victor with Wyoming Public Media and the Laramie Reporter. And I'm Madeline Beck. I cover health and public safety for WyoFile. So we're two weeks down and we have six more to go in this eight-week general session and there are close to 400 bills in play. To pass, those must get through both chambers. Um, So far, 18 House bills have made it over to the Senate and 50 Senate files have made it to the House. Legislators have roughly a week left to file drafts. One bill that's moving through the Senate looks a lot like Florida's so-called don't say gay bill. Jeff, you're tracking that. What's the latest with it? Yes. On Friday, the Senate Education Committee advanced Senate File 117, which a lot of people are calling Wyoming's Don't Say Gay Bill because the language is very, very similar to the one you've probably heard about from Florida. It basically prohibits elementary school teachers from grade K through grade 3 from discussing sexual orientation or gender identity in the classroom. Supporters of the bill say it's about making school discussion age-appropriate But the way the bill is worded is a little ambiguous. So if a student with two dads or two moms wants to talk about their family in class, are they banned from doing that? And if a trans or non-binary kid comes out to their teacher because they don't feel they have a safe or supportive home life, the bill might require that teacher to out the child to their parents. And research shows that queer kids have a much higher rate of depression and suicide And those statistics are even worse in communities where adults don't affirm and support these kids. So it's really serious. The bills like this are literally a matter of life and death for these kids. On Friday, one of the people giving testimony was a Laramie County teenager named Ash Silcott. They talked about knowing they were gay in elementary school and shared how teachers were basically safe spaces. They provided affirmation and support and confidentiality. And Silcott got understandably emotional, asking legislators to not take that away from today's gay and trans youth. But sometimes kids in our school district don't get that. They don't get support at home that I was so lucky to receive. I have almost lost so many friends to suicide because they come to school and say, my parents don't love me. My parents won't love me if I come out to them. I can't say anything. So it was a heavy day Friday. But the committee advanced the bill, and now it will head to the Senate floor. And on a not really lighter note, there was another bill that advanced out of committee last week, one that just about everyone in Wyoming is familiar with at this point, Medicaid expansion. It's back on the table, and support for the idea has been growing for years. There are a lot of lawmakers who voted against it in the past but are voting in favor of it now, like Lander Senator Kale Case and Casper Senator Steve Harshman. They've come around on the idea of Medicaid expansion, mostly on practical grounds, you know, saying that it, it makes sense for this state because 90% of the costs are going to be paid by the federal government, and it also has broad popular support. But Harshman, for example, is still conservative. Before the bill passed this week, he added an amendment making clear that no Medicaid funds could be used for abortions. And Madeline, you've been following access to abortion in Wyoming. How's that playing out in the legislature? So to talk about what's going on, this session, we need to rewind a bit. Last March, the state passed a trigger bill, which would make most abortions illegal in the state if Roe v. Wade was overturned, which happened in June. A month later, the day the state ban was set to go into effect, a district court judge in Jackson delayed implementation. And later, she ruled that the law would remain frozen until the court determines whether the law is constitutional. 
Plaintiffs argue it isn't, partially because of a constitutional change voters overwhelmingly supported just a few years ago, explicitly stating that citizens have a right to make their own health care decisions. All that is to say, most abortion remains legal in Wyoming. And while that law is tangled up in court, there are three abortion bills on the docket so far this session. The first takes Wyoming abortion law back to before Roe fell. So most abortions would be legal before viability or when a fetus or baby could survive outside the womb. But that doesn't have much Republican support, or honestly, from what I can tell, any Republican support, so it may not even be heard in committee. The second bill aims to ban most abortions caused by medications in Wyoming. So that outlaw making, buying, selling, or using these kinds of medications with the intention of causing an abortion. Exemptions include miscarriage or natural death of a fetus, life of a woman, rape or incest. The Senate Labor, Health and Social Services Committee is going to hear that bill on Wednesday morning. The third bill is the Life as a Human Right Act, and it does a lot of things, including determining its own definition of abortion as a non-medical procedure, which could be an attempt at a workaround to the current Constitution. But some argue it's the judiciary's job to interpret the Constitution, not the legislature's. The bill would also ban most abortions and does not include exemptions for rape or incest. And that may put it at odds with federal Medicaid law, which includes coverage in those particular cases. Between the proposed medication abortion ban and the Life as a Human Right Act, more than 40 lawmakers are listed as sponsors or co-sponsors. So it should be noted that these two have significant Republican support. To read more about the specifics in these bills and concerns about them, check out my story on wiofile.com. And as I mentioned earlier, what set a lot of this abortion legislation into motion was the U.S. Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. Camila, there's another Supreme Court case with implications for Wyoming, and that's the potential repeal of the Indian Child Welfare Act. Tell us about the case and how the legislature is responding. Yeah, thanks, Madeline. So um, the Federal Indian Child Welfare Act is coming up. It's going to be considered by the Supreme Court this summer and during the interim, um, the Tribal Affairs Committee got very concerned about what would happen if this um, law was repealed. Basically what it does, um, it was passed in 1978 and it keeps tribes of indigenous children in the know of family court proceedings to maintain families and communities. Before the Federal Indian Child Welfare Act, which is also known just as ICWA, um, a high percentage of indigenous children were being removed from their tribal affiliations and placed in families outside their culture. Um, So this has really helped with that um, and keeping uh, tribal children uh, within their culture and within their communities. So the first, there's actually two bills on this. One's going through the Senate and one's going through the House. Um, so the first one that I'll talk about is the Senate one. Um, and it's basically called the Federal Indian Child Welfare Act Codification. What it would do is kind of what you were just talking about, Madeline, is um, last year, uh, Wyoming legislators uh, created a trigger law that if Roe v. Wade was repealed, that they would also have a trigger law, meaning in the state that was repealed. So this does the same thing. If um, the Supreme Court repeals ICWA, this would be a trigger law that would actually do, uh, would keep the law in Wyoming. So we would basically just have the exact same federal law and it would still be working in Wyoming, even if it was repealed in the Supreme Court. Uh, That one is um, in its second reading in the Senate. Um, So far, there's been 
uh, pretty good support um, and not that much pushback. Um, and then the second one is the State Indian Child Welfare Act Task Force, and that was passed by the House Labor Committee, and it's currently waiting to be heard on the House floor. Um, and so basically this one would just create a task force to look into how to make ICWA more state-specific. Um, so no matter whether, you know, if ICWA gets repealed or not, the state would look at it and make it more specific. So there are other states that have amended the federal law to work better for them. And uh, there is some people who believe that this should happen in Wyoming as well, so that we should have a little bit more specifics um, on how Wyoming works and functions with ICWA. Um, and so that one is moving along um, through the House. And then there's one more bill that I am following, which is the House Bill 18. It's the missing person alert system. Um, it's basically creating a Ashanti alert system. I'm sure everyone's heard of the Amber alert system. So the Ashanti alert system is similar to the Amber alert. It's just for um, adults. So everyone um, in the ages of 16 to 64. Um, and this was actually recommended by Gordon's Missing and Murdered Indigenous Person Task Force in 2019. Um, and it's, it's in response to the higher rates of missing Indigenous Wyoming residents. Um, in 2021, Indigenous people accounted for about 17% of Wyoming's missing person cases, um, but they're only 3% of the state's population. So the hope is, is if we have this alert system, uh, we can find these mis missing people quicker. So, uh, Jeff and Madeline, before we wrap up, what's one thing you'll be keeping your eye on this week? Well, as monumental as Friday felt, both the Medicaid expansion bill and the Don't Say Gay bill are going to be fought over a lot more before they eventually die or before they get added to the books. And over the weekend, we got a new bill that I'll also be watching. It would take away local control when it comes to rental regulations. If it passes, it could mean the end of Laramie's rental regulations that took effect just this month. You see, Laramie is the state's only university town, so it has a large, young student population. It's also a pretty poor county, so all of that comes together to mean that in Laramie, there are more people who rent the home they live in than people who own their home. It's literally a city of renters. And over the years, it's gotten a reputation as a sort of playground for unscrupulous landlords. Not that every landlord is bad, I've had good and bad living here, but for a long time there was no way to rein in the bad ones. And so renters were dealing with threatening or abusive landlords, landlords who would cheat them out of money or put them in unsafe rentals. So last year, Laramie established basic health and safety standards for rentals in the city. Major plumbing, electrical, and heating work has to be done by professionals. Apartments need fire escape windows, things like that. But now there's a new bill before the legislature that would say cities and towns are forbidden from passing rental regulations. So it would basically outlaw Laramie's new rental housing code. Yeah, and I'll be watching uh, the Senate Labor, Health, and Social Services Committee this Friday that will be discussing a bill proposed to create EMS districts, which uh, if you've been listening to the podcast before, I talked about that already, uh, but they'll also be hearing uh, bills that have to do with causing penalties if you allow a child to get a sex change or in help in that operation. Uh, and then there are also a proposed 
potential constitutional amendment about the right of healthcare access. So that's what I'll be watching this week. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Madeline and Jeff, for your time and insights today. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks for listening to the Cheyenne Roundup, your weekly preview of the action at the Wyoming State House during the 2023 legislative session from Wyoming Public Media and Wyofile. Check back for new episodes every Monday. Till next time, keep updated on all things legislative on wyomingpublicmedia.org and wyofile.com. Thanks for listening.